I'm excited to share that today's podcast is brought to you by Maisie Clark, our favorite place for watercolor house portrait gifts, as well as gifts featuring original illustrations. Based out of Louisville, Kentucky, Maisie brings her illustrations to life on tea towels, silk scarves, wrapping paper, and ceramic gifts. Her best-selling watercolor house portraits make the perfect gift this holiday season. Maisie can be found online at MaisieClark.com or on Instagram at Maisie Clark. That's M-A-I-Z-I-E-C-L-A-R-K-E. You have her to thank for today's episode. Be sure to check her out. Everyone, I am Emily Landers, and this is How'd She Do That? A podcast answering that question each episode. Welcome, everyone, and happy Friday. I am so excited to be sharing another episode with you this week. We have had such an amazing amount of recommendations come through that for the month of October, we will be sharing additional episodes on Fridays. I'm so excited to share my conversation today with Bettina Benson. But before we dive in, just a little bit of an update on my end. I wanted to say, A massive amount of thank yous and gratitude to those of you who have decided to leave us a five-star review on iTunes. I'm not always the best at reminding listeners to do so, but if you have not yet done that and would like to show your support, that's an amazing way to do so. And it's so fun to see what you guys are thinking of the podcast over on that platform. And I also wanted to share that our hometown tour vlog, that's a video blog, is now live on patreon.com slash how'd she do that. I've had quite a few questions about what Patreon is, what it entails, and I'm happy to share that it's our private HSDT group. It's our premium members over there for $7.99 a month. They not only support the podcast, but they get five additional bonus episodes. I recorded one yesterday with my friend Sarah from Thought and Bot. We discussed her experience as a first-timer at a Southern Sea event in Round Top. So that vlog and audio is going to be live. And then we also have my France trip up as well as our time in Round Top and just way more of the behind the scenes of the business side of things. You guys know I am trying to figure out and have done a pretty good job, but continuing to grow. I'm trying to figure out how to make a podcast a business. And we have since moved all of my Emily updates that used to be additional bonus episodes to patreon.com slash how'd she do that. And if you're thinking, you know, I don't really need any more content. I'm just eager to support How'd She Do That? That is a great place to do so. Patreon.com slash How'd She Do That? Thank you again for your consideration and for your support. Well, you guys, I loved my conversation with my new friend, Bettina. She is the founder of an incredible clothing brand. You guys are going to love getting to know her, hearing more about her story, uh, specifically the more recent entrepreneurial endeavors she stepped into. She's really impressive. She's a lot of fun, and we were very fast friends. Here is Bettina Benson on How'd She Do That? Today's guest, Bettina Vinson, is the owner and founder of Chloe Kristen. Chloe Kristen is a woman's clothing line that empowers women to celebrate their stories with the perfect fit. They offer classic, figure-friendly silhouettes designed to evoke emotion and leave a beautiful impression. They are still a growing company that has overcome a number of challenges along the way. One of the most important lessons Bettina has learned as a business owner is the importance of identifying and establishing the core values of her business and brand. We're excited to hear more about those today. When Bettina isn't designing new pieces, encouraging women like myself, or connecting with clients, she is likely relaxing, reading, or hanging out with her daughter, Chloe. Bettina, welcome to How'd She Do That? Thank you so much for the warm, warm welcome. And I'm so honored to be a guest on your podcast. Thank you, Emily. 
Oh, well, I have been so excited. I shared this before we started recording, but you came recommended by listeners. And when my listeners say jump, I jump and we jumped on it. And I'm so grateful for your time today, Bettina. I'm really excited to get to know more about you. So let's go for it. How about this? How about you tell us a little bit about where you're from and ultimately where did you go to school? Yes, so I was a born and raised um, in the South in a town called Chattanooga, Chattanooga, Tennessee. And um, I left Chattanooga to go to college at 18, where I attended Florida A&M University in Tallahassee. And uh, there I majored in business administration and went on to um, to obtain my MBA at Florida A&M University as well. And uh, graduated in 2007 and went into medical sales upon graduation. Oh my goodness. Now, was that a hope and a dream or was that the the first rollout of school that had availability? What, what did it look like to step into that? So yeah, my, my big plan was to actually go to law school after grad school. Um, oh. But um, we, we were requ- required to do internships and um, I remember being selected. I, I I interviewed and was selected to intern with Pfizer. And at the time, I didn't really know a lot about medical sales, um, but the sales training was pretty intense. I know that I remember the regional manager um, kind of being hesitant about uh, selecting me because I was only 20. I was, I think, probably one of their youngest interns they'd ever had. And um, I think they were a little nervous about giving me, you know, the corporate apartment, the corporate card and the company right. card. <laughs> right. <laughs> and, and, and years later, I kind of understand um, their point of view there. Um, <laughs> but uh, accepted that internship and interned there for, I think it was six months and, and really enjoyed um, in that field. So um, that's, that's what I ended up doing upon graduation. Oh my goodness. Well, it's always cool when an internship kind of takes you to the next step in that post-grad season where you're able to continue on. Were you excited about a career in medical sales or at that point, did you think it was a means to the next step? It's it's always fun to ask knowing what you're up to now. I always inherently knew that it was, it was a means to a next step. Um, mm. And so I thought it was a great career that uh, provided the 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 flexibility and you know obviously the income um, for me to eventually invest in a company of my own when the time came to do so. So even in those early years, that was a hope for the future. Absolutely. Oh my goodness. Okay. Okay. This is exciting. It's always fun to hear those beginning stages. Now, how long were you in that role? I worked for a number of companies, um, you know, big corporations like Pfizer to to small startups. Um, and I was in that career for about 11 years. Oh my gosh. Okay. So for 11 years, you're in different entities within medical sales. What would you say were some of the, the greatest takeaways from that large chunk of your career? Well, you know, it was during that time um, that we moved around quite a bit for my husband's, um, my husband's job. So I met him and started my career in Orlando and we lived in New Orleans, Dallas, um, and then moved to Atlanta. And I never moved, uh, moved at all during my childhood, but going into these different markets, especially like New Orleans, that was a pivotal moment because New Orleans has its own culture. It's kind of own ecosystem. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's very difficult for like outsiders to, to come in and, and win over customers and build those relationships. Um, and they were very hesitant about hiring me because for those reasons, and I was like, I, I can get along with anyone. I can build relationships with anyone. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I did. I went in and and was very successful in that market and worked for a few companies within that market. Um, and so, you know, the biggest takeaway uh, was just really understanding like how to connect with people and really learning that I'm 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 pretty great at connecting with people. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, really learning how to speak to a person's needs and serve as a resource to to you know the the person on the other side. Well, and it's such a cool thing to have learned somewhat early on in your career because I think there's lots of people who don't ever don't ever quite <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> figure that out. Is that 
a personality trait? Is that something that you credit to your childhood or, or is it something you really focused in on to, to learn more about and grow? I think it's, it comes innately. Um, I think, you know, ever since I could remember, I, I was always selling something, um, <laughs> um, even, even in college, um, as opposed to obtaining a job, just kind of like your normal job, I would say. I started a little online boutique where I would go and source um, gently used designer materials from thrift stores or wherever I could find them and resell them. Um, even when I was in high school, I was always in some type of sales role. Um, and younger than that, I was always, you know, selling services, washing the neighbor's car, cat sitting, dog sitting. So, <laughs> yes. I think it, it's something that, that, that definitely, uh, is innate to me. But, you know, one of the things I always tell entrepreneurs, uh, that say, I, I'm not good at selling, I'm like, whether you're in a sales role or not, you're always selling. You're always selling something. You're always wow. selling selling yourself. Um, so I think that's, I, I've understood, always understood why that's so in, important to to carry with me. But I think it, it definitely is something that that comes naturally to me. Well, it's such a good point. And I think I've been in different roles that required me to do, you know, like hardcore, like cold call sales. And I'm like, oh my gosh. But I love the mindset that you just brought to it of helping, you know, assisting. And two, to see already a theme within your life, Bettina, of entrepreneurship. You even mentioned, you know, high school, you're figuring things out. In college, you find a way to continue to have that kind of line of entrepreneurship. And for 11 years, for you to really be honing in on the sales side of things, I can only imagine the excitement of when you created your own pieces. I'm getting a little ahead of myself, but then to sell those. So what did it look like? Because we're talking about 11 years in medical sales. And by the way, after COVID and whatnot, Pfizer, everyone knows that now, you were very much ahead of the, the curve to have been working with them. But what was the the, the change in your life that that after 11 years, you you did what? what? What was the next step in that season? Yeah, you know, sometimes I feel like we we all go through these moments where we do what we need to do what we have to do. Yeah. But there's always, I feel like if you're not aligned, there's going to be always that little something tugging at you. Hmm. And I would say, you know, about five years into my career, like I started feeling that tug of like, okay, what's next? What's next? Hmm. And it's like, okay, well, am I going to, am I going to work my way up the corporate ladder? Is that what it is? And it's like, no, that's not it. You're going to get tired of that too. Um, so it's like, what's next? <laughs> next. And, um, I had my daughter, um, and, and, you know, the medical sales industry can be quite volatile and especially working with startups too, you know, the, the goal is to, to get purchased or acquired. And I went through that a few times and that, that tug started getting stronger and stronger. And then when I had my daughter, I was like, okay, so you were told that you can do anything that, you wanted to do. And a lot of girls are told you can do anything that you want to do. You can, you know, do uh, entrepreneurship and be a mom. You can um, do anything you put your mind to. But when oftentimes it's time to do it, I think that we get scared or the people around us get scared for us. Mm -hmm. And as we get older, it's like, take the safe route. And I knew that I needed to align with what my purpose was, and then also live an authentic life to show Chloe mm-hmm. that you can build, you can, I'm not only telling you, you can build something and do what you want to do, do what you feel called to do or led to do, but you can actually go out and do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so at that same time, there were a couple of things going on for me. I um, really desired like a shift in my wardrobe after becoming a mom but being very cognizant of wanting to show up, looking my best, um, harnessing that power of the personal brand, looking polished, um, but wearing clothes that would literally transition to, you know, on duty, off duty. Hmm. And it became very difficult for me to find that in the market. So that's when I decided to create what I was looking for and came to realize that not only I was looking for it, but uh, many other women were as well. 
Oh, yes. And we've now seen what you're talking about, which is so fun. But you just touched on something that I think is so key and it's kind of sticking out to me in that when there is that pivotal moment, you know, and Chloe's here, Chloe's born, but you're looking around and you're thinking, okay, I really want to do something different. What was your thought around, or no, excuse me, I want to know this. What was the timeline here? What year was Chloe born? And then what year are you thinking, okay, I want to launch this? So Chloe was born in 2013. Um, She was born in in New Orleans and we'd moved to Dallas in 2014. And I um, started toying around with the idea mid to late 2015 um, and then started executing on it before the end of 2015. And we launched in 2016. And oh I my had gosh. no design experience. Um, no, I had no ex- industry experience <laughs> at all. Um, it's, it's funny, though, because when we were in business school, um, I always tell the story about the nothing book. So in, in our professional development cohort, they made us ha- keep these journals and it was called the the nothing book. And I still don't know why it was called the nothing book, but it, cause it really is something, <laughs> um, but I'm just like, you'd, um, you'd write down, you know, your goals, you would walk up to, uh, upperclassmen, you had to walk up to like 10 upperclassmen and introduce yourself, tell them about yourself, have them sign your nothing book. Um, you would have to keep track of your schedule. And it's so funny cause in, in my list of goals, I had some quite like ridiculous ones. I look back and laugh at it now. I was like so superficial and young minded. But one of them, one of them was um, own your own clothing line. So it's so funny, like 10, 12 years later to actually see that like come to life. But I planted the seed, you know, a long Mm. time ago. That's so cool. That's so cool. And it, th- that kind of makes you want to have the nothing book. Like what? That's so, it's so fun to think of. Yeah. Different entities along the way that we look back on, we're like, whoa, I, I wrote that down. And now since then you've done it, but I love to, and thank you so much for sharing that timeline. I always find it so interesting. And as someone who's not yet a mom, but does hope to be a mom at some point, looking at that and thinking, okay, Chloe's born in 2013, and about three years later, you're launching her namesake brand. By the way, you guys, hello. Um, That's crazy. That is so crazy to me. The timeline, thinking about what you're doing at home, what did it look like for you to hone in? Because I'm sure at the beginning stages, you're thinking you want to do something. Was it always really obvious that it was going to be a clothing line? I mean, you mentioned it in in the nothing book, but were there other entities at play that you kind of played around with? Yeah. So I, I, I didn't, I knew that's what I wanted to do, or that was an option for me, but I can't say that it was overly apparent. I, I looked at several different options. Um, I was looking at opening like a fitness studio. Um, yeah. I, I was looking at opening an insurance agency and, and cause, but again, it's so funny cause I'm such a different person now than I was mm. like when I was in medical sales, but it's been like the shedding of the layers of conditioning to get to the core of like who Bettina really is. Wow. And I, and I feel like I've, I feel like it really clicked, you know, as early as 18 months ago. Like I'm like, okay, oh. I, I think I shed like the final like layer <laughs> um, and it feels great. Um, but I think in those moments where I was kind of looking for things to do or what I was going to do next, I think the the clothing line obviously was what the, the direction I was meant to go, you know, and mm. I, I was stepping into that, that level of alignment. I think some of the other options kind of fell into the bucket of the safe choice mm-hmm. um, and making the safe choice at times. It's great, but that doesn't always make for, you know, long-term happiness uh, because you have to, you know, we have to decide if we're being authentic to ourselves. So definitely. And I just, I just love, I love your story and I love thinking about, you just said it all so well. So it's kind of like a, a pause and rewind. You guys just heard everything Patina shared, but for you to have been in those different roles for 11 years, having people communicate, you know, what 
the expectations were or what this looked like. And then you're likely managing people during that time. But then for you to be able to say, yeah, you know, within the last two years, you've really stepped in and, and recognized, okay, yeah, this was the right path. This is the one I was supposed to take. And I just, I love to ask that question because I know so many listeners are thinking about all the different entities because there are, there's a world of different options, but for you and, and what you have built and the authenticity of your business and brand, um, being what it is, it's just, it's so cool to hear about now. So tell us this, you mentioned 2015, those early rumblings, end of 2015, you're wrapping things up, getting ready for the launch. 2016, there's a launch. What did those beginning stages look like? Are you looking at investors? Are you looking at where you're going to get the fabrics? I mean, what did it even look like to begin with no design experience? Yeah, I mean, I, look, I had no idea what I was doing. So let's <laughs> right. just <laughs> if you look at some of the early designs, like it's just so fun. I'm like, whoa, she's come so far. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so have, like, crazy. People that supported me then, like support me now, and I'm just like, you must really love me. Like I think you <laughs> really saw something there, you know. The um, best. <laughs> Um, but it, it, it looked like, you know, really trying to understand, wrap my head around what it took to build a garment. Um, and so, you know, of course I learned you have to have a pattern maker. You have to have patterns. So where do you find a pattern maker? Um, you have to have somebody to make the clothes. You have to source fabrics. Um, and again, all done wrong. Like I wouldn't advise anybody <laughs> to follow <laughs> but I believe in like, I, one thing about me is I'm going to figure it out. Like, mm. and I put myself on the back for that. <laughs> yes. so I fail fast and we, we, you know, we, we pivot and recalibrate. Right. So <laughs> it looked like, um, you know, getting those first patterns made those first, you know, CADs and, um, you know, finding fabric. And I, I found a little, um, a little like small production studio in the back of a dry cleaner. Like I just drove around for places. Yes. (laughs) Um, And when I, when I lived in Dallas and found that place to, to start um, making our clothes, make, making them to order actually. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, so originally they were made to order and to correct me if I'm wrong, but that basically means customers would come to you and purchase, and then you would be able to create the the garment. Yes. And we make them one by one. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Okay. This is really cool. I don't know. I don't want to misspeak, but I don't know if I've had a guest that's been that specific in communicating those early stages who were your customers at this point? Are these friends? Is this, you know, you're styling yourself? Like, what did it look like? Were you getting the word out online? Like very, very early days. What did that look like to to gain customers? Yeah. So we, we had the website and the Facebook page and Instagram and kind of getting the word out online. Um, and you know, friends and family getting the word out. Um, and we also at the time we, we we had women's clothes, but we also had little girls' clothes as well because you know um, it was like oh Chloe can have something to wear too you know yes um, <laughs> so yeah in those early days um, it was really through social media and word of mouth and I was still working a full time job as well so okay. you know now that I look back at it and I'm glad I did both um, because there was a lot of figuring out to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm self-funded. I didn't take on any investors, haven't taken on any investors, yeah. um, self-funded, still self-funded. So, um, yeah, it, it, that time, you know, I think when, when you launch, you're like, I want to go fast. I want to go far. I want to go, you know, hard. And I appreciate that time to figure it out. Mm. Yeah. And, and to that same thought, that is the theme for so many people. It's like, go, 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 go. Even myself with the podcast, I think of like, let's hurry up. Let's get it going. You know, what's next? What's next? It's like, oh my, oof, just calm down. And for you, I love that you would share that you were in a full-time role while all of this is happening. That is so crazy to me. So what did it look like for you, you know, in those early days um, that you felt like, okay, I'm kind of onto something here. Yes, yeah, so it clicked. The, when it clicked for me that I was onto something, um, 
we so currently we have like a capsule called the foundation collection and that um has evolved but it started um with basically these these great like capsule elements of to build like your perfect wardrobe capsule pieces constructed in ponte or a ponte daroma which women like absolutely love the fabric but we take the ponte and we you know obviously apply it to these bold and super feminine um you know edgier styles Hmm. so i remember the very first dress that i designed out of the ponte material was called the lena dress and um everyone just adored that dress um and I said, I'm on to something with this, with this particular textile, right? Like, let's see what else we can do with it. So, um, and then our aesthetic shifted as well. Um, so when we started, I would say it was like a little bit more casual and then we shifted more towards, you know, more truly elevated pieces like that could take you from, you know, work to play, um, mm. to travel, to on duty, off duty. Mm. Um, and so I was like, I can take this, you know, material and really look at, um, expanding a capsule, creating a capsule with this. And so that first Lena dress and the way that it was received, you know, really let me know that I was on to something. Oh, it's so cool. It's so fun that you can actually look back to the product and be like, yes, thank you, Lena. There you go. <laughs> it's like, okay, I'm on to something here. And I'm so impressed too. And I think this is a, an entity that we likely don't think about a, a lot when we see brands like yours currently, successful brands and businesses that are established, well-established now, I'd like to add, um, given that you guys launched in 2016. Uh, the fact that you are talking about, like earlier you said a word that I'm not familiar with, but I know it has to do with like designing clothes. <laughs> and, and you're also mentioning textile and just, you know, all of the different things you were learning, even in regard to fabric and how things fell and how things laid. Was there ever a moment that you felt really overwhelmed by the learning curve? Yes. Um, I d- uh, yes. I mean, I, and I would say until I really um, hired my pattern maker that I still work with till this day, who comes with like 45 years of industry experience. I mean, she, wow. um, she ran the BCBG design room for 12 years and, oh you know, started, she worked in, L, in the LA industry for 45 years. And she really kind of laid that foundation and taught me uh, pretty much, you know, a lot of what I know. So mm. it's so a before I, you know, brought her on and partnered with her, um, and we had to go back and redo every single pattern that we had in the library. Um, <laughs> <laughs> she's like, we gotta work on this. <sighs> they're not balanced. I'm like, what, exactly. What do you mean? Now yeah. I'm like, not balanced, you know, <laughs> <laughs> it's so crazy. No. How did um, you find that relationship? Um, you know, it, there's nothing like the good old Google, you know? Um, <laughs> so I, and it's, it's funny because people are like, well, I've tried that already. And I'm like, well, then try it again. Like, and it's, mm. I mean, of course, you Google, you Google, that's like the first thing you would hope one would do before even asking a question. Yeah. And I did. And, and um, I think it happened to coincide when she had just relocated out of L.A. and decided she was going to go freelance with her pattern making. And so she had started doing SEO. And, you know, it takes a while for that to pick up. Yeah. And I just happened to go and search again and there she was. Um <laughs> It's so fun. It's always so fun to hear how the different team members line up as well. Oh my gosh. But but two, because I know at some point there's another move in here. And that, that's a theme throughout your story of of moving throughout the years. And now at this point, you have not only your daughter Chloe, but your business and brand, Chloe. So these early stages and the early years, are those in Dallas? Yes. So it was, it was perfect timing, um, you know, with that, um, because we've been, we've, we've been in Atlanta and I I think this is where we'll be. Um, But we moved, I think probably two months, two or three months after our launch. So that was pretty daunting, um, you know, with manufacturing, especially like with the business model of being made to order. Right. So I did, um, you know, look, had have to look for new manufacturers, um, which I did here and found a couple of people that, that sewed for me back in the, in those early days um, and kind of moved that moved, you know, everything operationally uh, locally. 
Oh my gosh. Well, even that entity to think of, yeah, moving physically and then having to move your manufacturers. Now, what does it look like? Because the the model that you started off with is fabulous. Now, of course, we know you have a wide variety of options at this point within your brand. And you have moved away, correct me if I'm wrong, you've moved away from the um, younger styles, correct? And now are able to service so many different entities what did it look like as you scaled and as you grew? Because at this point, I mean, you can shop your website, you can shop online. What did that growth period kind of look like for you guys? So we, I, I walked away from my um, medical sales career in 2018 to focus on Chloe Kristen full time. Oh, it wasn't, okay. you know, in full transparency, it wasn't because it, it was like, we're, you know, making so much money, like, and yeah. have this huge team I need to walk away but it just came to a point where the business needed my time I had like the infrastructure set up and like the foundation laid and options for manufacturing and um and development but I really need needed to devote my time to building um you know brand awareness and expanding our customer base and my thought process is like I've been selling for everybody else for pretty much I don't know since I could remember I could I better dang well be able to sell for myself <laughs> Right. <laughs> so, so, um, so I, I stepped back and I started to kind of conceptualize this like direct sales, um, um, stylist partnership, um, program, which I piloted myself mm-hmm. and we expanded in COVID because, you know, everything was shut down. Yeah. And because I'd been, working on and through that and also working on it, working on understanding a little bit of a wholesale um, strategy as well, Mm. that we were able to not only continue selling through the pandemic, but grow. Um, Mm. So we, you know, grew our direct to consumer business substantially, um, not only through the website, but through, you know, stylists like recommending Chloe Kristen um, to their clients and selling to their clients. And then we also, you know, were able to, because we're so small, like pivot to offer styles that people were wanting then, you know, like, mm. you know, I remember we had this beautiful like lace dress in the fall, winter, I think it would have been, yeah, 2020 collection. Mm. And I was like, well, yeah, we're not going to move forward with that. Like nobody's wearing a lace dress. <laughs> <I'll> <laughs> I remember in about eight weeks, I designed our first like cashmere capsule, like sweater capsule. Oh. And, um, and then shortly after we won a, a grant through Stitch Fix, who is one of our, our biggest wholesale partners, and we were able to, um, you know, expand our wholesale business as well. So oh, my gosh. And I saw that, I saw that Stitch Fix grant and thought, okay, that's a great boost. Now, within that, because someone would hear something like that and they're like, okay, I don't even know how to apply for that. Or even the the element of you being able to communicate with these stylists and having great relationships with them. You've really thought creatively about how you can push and share your brand in more unique ways than some might even know exist. How did you find these different entities? Is this just creatively kind of something that comes to you or is there a database that you've been utilizing? Because really you've done such a great job with, with brand awareness in such creative ways. Yes. So um, I I think a lot of it was just creative conceptualization and ideas that popped in my head, but then also, you know, then I would have this idea and then I'd do some research and I'm like, oh, that's actually a thing, you know, so Uh, how how do we we get there? How do we bridge that gap? And a lot of it was just through outreach, like, you know, reaching out to people um, that I would find on, on LinkedIn or, you know, people that uh, knew about the brand that would recommend the brand to their friends. Um, and just asking, hey, what stylists, you know, are, are in the area that you might know of or work with that would be interested in a partnership? So, you know, I always think, you know, asking, like, who do you know? And if they don't know anyone, you know, like, well, do you know anybody that knows anyone? Yeah, <laughs> literally. <laughs> Find me the person. <laughs> Oh my gosh. I love though. I literally love what you just said, because I feel like this is the story of anyone with the amount of curiosity that I think you and I both have, which is 
we'll think of an idea or we'll think of something and we're like, wait, that already exists. Let me partner with them. Let me, let me apply for the grant, you know, whatever it looks like. I think that's such a great encouragement and reminder to people to keep learning and keep connecting the dots. Bettina, that's something that you've done so well throughout your career is connecting the dots, connecting with stylists, connecting with brands and, and, and sharing your love of what you're up to as well. Now, during 2020, you are online on your website as well as doing wholesale. Is that correct? I well, so wholesale wholesale started to pick up. I would say in like 2021. Um, oh 20, my gosh! Like direct to consumer. Okay, yeah. so direct to consumer in 2020. What was the precipice of the move to wholesale? Because I know that a lot of designers and a lot of brands like yourself, they can go back and forth on their thoughts on that. Correct. I think, you know, d- the direct-to-consumer business is very challenging. And um, I think there's a lot that's starting to come out about that and, and, and uh, in terms of profitability. I mean, mm. I think, look, if you have investors and you have, um, you know, um, an unlimited, you know, pool of funds to throw at customer acquisition. Yeah. Um, that's great. Um, but I think there's something to be said for really knowing your target customer and meeting them where they're at. And so I mm-hmm. think that's where those, um, you know, the wholesale strategy could come in because it's not just wholesaling to anyone. You should be, and that's what that's what I do. What we do is pick the right strategic partners, like you know who. Um, have the same values and have similar target demographics to partner with. So she is, you know, we're meeting her where she's at um, and, and we're adding value. Right. Mm. Um, I think uh, direct to consumer is, is, is great. But um, again, I think there's, there's a lot of costs involved with um, customer acquisition, you know, Mm-hmm. So much behind the scenes that we're like not even completely aware of if we're not in the same situation and boat as you are. But I love too what you just said about when you step into wholesale, it's like a, getting into the right space, something that aligns with your vision, with what you're up to. And like you said, meeting her, meeting your customer, wherever she might be. Well, it's been amazing to kind of unpack the different steps along the way. And of course we know now, and I know you were very busy in 2020, 2021, things really took off for you as well, but I'd love to know, are there any instances throughout your career that you'd maybe say failure helped shape it? I, I would say every single, every single failure is, is kind of like a road map or a little sign, um, Mm. that you're on the right track or that you need to pivot some pivot some way. Mm. Um, I think, you know, any, any business of your own or any, you know, new journey that you embark on is going to be very difficult. Mm. Um, and there are moments where I'm like, Oh my gosh, like, how am I going to overcome this? And then, you know, once you kind of like step back and like really look at the big picture, you're like, first of all, it's not the end of the world. And like this and everything, there's a solution literally to almost everything. Like that's one thing I've learned. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> you just like calm down, like <laughs> open mind. Like there's a way to, to, to work around almost, almost anything. Hmm. Um, so I think that's a big lesson that I've learned, but yeah, I think, um, I think, you know, failure, um, you know, ha- has a lot of gifts and clues with, within it. Um, and I, I'd say that it's definitely helped shape me as a founder, a mom, mm. um, and a designer too. Hmm. I just wrote down, I, I like to take notes during these, uh, our time together. And I just wrote down, find the solution. It's like, there's pretty much a solution for every entity that we're looking at or problem within our business or just in life in general. It's like, okay. Find the solution. There is one, and more likely than not, we may be able to find it on Google, which is always a fun thought as well within this conversation. Um, but I want to note this because you know we talked about the early days of the brand and what it looked like to have friends and family. Your clients have grown, um, you know, nationally at this point. What um, has Chloe thought of her mom stepping out and doing something that she loves with her name attached to it? <laughs> I think she she loves the fact that that her name is 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 on the brand, and oh. um, 
often ha- often have to remind her. I'm like, well, it's both of our names because we have this <laughs> middle name. Tina oh yes. <laughs> um, but it, it's so funny because I, you know, you look at me and and what I'm doing, you'd be like, oh, she probably like loves the fabrics and loves. Okay, she, I don't think she she is so not interested. <laughs> <laughs> She loves it. Like, you know, when we get to go, I'll be in New York and we'll spend time together. She loves to get to go to New York to do some of her other favorite things. But, um, you know, it'll it'll be interesting to see how her view of this evolves. But, you know, this is something that I did for me, for my purpose. And it's really not about like dictating, you know, her her path. Yeah. Um, So it'll it'll be interesting, though, to see how her interests and level of uh, and involvement evolves as she gets older. <laughs> Absolutely. And it's so cool to think about. And I, I love just thinking of her and, and her love and excitement around, you know, what mom is up to. And like you said, it might be that New York trips are the most interesting thing now, but who knows, uh, down the road. And I just, I just love that connection. I love that part of your story and I, and I love that part of the brand. Well, tell me this, what would you say has been a real wow moment for you in your career? Um, there, I can't really say, well, the stitch fix moment was, was amazing. Um, I think there are wow moments that come quite often. And I had a woman, a, a client email me the other day and she said, you know, you really have a gift. Like you're definitely in the right space. And like that to me mm. is like a wow moment. You know, I think yeah. like we have to slow down and find those little moments like in every, every day. Yeah. Um, because to think about where I was when I started and what I was doing to having a, a client, um, you know, give me a compliment like that when I really didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> <laughs> literally <laughs> literally um <laughs> those are the moments that let, let you know you're on the right track yeah. oh for sure for sure and to hear it from someone you know it's just it's an encouragement to me that when i come across women like yourself that are in the right place and you recognize that you're like this person is in the right spot we need to tell them we need to tell them because that is such an encouragement for you to feel that in your own life and be like you know i think i'm onto something but then when a client comes back and says that it's like okay i'm on the right trajectory i'm on the right path and and i mean there's nothing to do but but move forward no the the thing that i think is really cool too about your specific brand and your business and hearing the inside scoop is the element of growth and, and kind of the next steps as you're looking ahead, what, what's kind of on the horizon for you? What are you excited about? Do you do goal settings throughout, you know, the year and whatnot, or, or what's your main focus currently? Yes. Uh, goal, the goal setting is definitely, you know, something I believe in having like an anchor, like to go back and, and, and check in with and, Ooh, you know, yeah. to make sure you're on the right track. But um, we've recently, I'm getting ready to actually go to New York for market. Um, My sales consultant that handles our wholesale um, accounts and, 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 you know, getting into new stores um, is about to start market for us there. But this upcoming season, it was spring, summer 23. Um, There's a, it's a big aesthetic shift for um, the brand. So we still are, you know, true to our original, um, you know, our original brand concepts, right. And brand mm-hmm. pillars. But, um, I think this is when you really see Bettina and her full glory shine through the collection. Oh, <laughs> so, yes. um, but it, it's a, it's, a, it's definitely a shift. Um, the title of the, the collection is embodiment. Mm. Um, and it, it, it represents like an eradication of like the separation between mind, body and expression, and it signifies um, a significant shift in style and tone. And it's it's the expression like completely unfiltered of where I am and how I feel today. And it's um, unapologetic, raw, unfiltered. And I'm, I'm standing in my power when I get it right. And when I get it wrong, mm. um, it signifies a knowing of what I want and what I don't want. And that I'm in touch with the deepest parts of me. 
Oh my word. Well said. I think we all are going to want to be on the lookout for that. Well said. That is so cool. And the fact that, that you're at that place in your life, in your career, in your in all the different entities that you've stepped into, Bettina, so cool. So, so, so cool. And and I think that's such a great kind of segue. And I always love to preface, this is a little bit of a loaded question, but I'm really curious to hear your thoughts. What would you say is maybe the greatest lesson you have learned? Oh, that's an easy one. Um, oh. Not change. Listen to my intuition. Hmm. The answer is often already there and I already know what I should do, what I need to do and what I really want to do. And I just need to listen to my intuition. Hmm. How do you cut through the thoughts that aren't that? I think experience helps you cut through it. Those times where you didn't listen and you go through an experience and, and, and you're left there with all the the advice that you listen to and being pulled in a different direction saying, you know what? I, I already had the answer. I knew I should have done it this way. <laughs> so, oh my gosh. I think after you go through that about 50 times, <laughs> you're like, no, what's to lose? <laughs> if I listen to my intuition, you know? Okay. So, so good. I literally have chills over, <laughs> over here. <laughs> literally. So true, because every single person listening, including myself, could share an example of the exact experience that you just <laughs> that you just laid out for us. It's like, oh, yeah, I remember that feeling. Oh, my gosh. OK, I'm going to be thinking about that one for a while. But Tina, that's yeah, that's really good. And and two, what are you learning now? Oh, gosh. Um, balance. Mm. <laughs> Yeah, balance. Um, balance um, as as a for myself and as a mom. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I let me let me preface that with I really don't think there's like such a thing as like permanent balance, right? Yeah. Um, but just learning and and understanding that the work is like never done. Like you're not going to get it done in a day. You're not going to get it done in an hour. Um, and learning that you know you have to have to sometimes step away and go focus on something else and then come back to it. Hmm. Um, and really, um, you know, one of the things that I'm learning now is um, how to like strategically expand our team. You know, I think we're kind yeah. of at that next step where it's like, okay, we need to expand again. So what, what does that look like? Um, what's right for us um, so that I can continue to, to step back from all the things and focus on what, um, what, what I'm, I really excel at. So. Mm, it's so cool. It's so cool. And while you were talking just then, I, w- I was thinking about what you were sharing and it, it reminded me, you know, a lot of times we look at success or we look at your route or we look at, you know, the growth that you've seen and, and we think of it kind of as like stairs, like, oh yeah, okay. I'm on this step and I get this done. I get this task done. I go to the next step, but really it's kind of like there's patios along the way. You might hang out on a step longer than you realize. Yeah. Yeah. And just being able to accept that and enjoy the time on the patio and then take the next step when it's time. And I think your story really has highlighted that for me in really cool ways from the beginning stages to motherhood to entrepreneurship. I mean, it's just, it's been so fun to unpack, but is there anything we didn't cover that you'd like to? Gosh, wow. Um, I think we, I think, I think we covered it all. (laughs) I I honestly, I feel the same way, but I'm like, wait, but how can we be done? I want to keep, keep talking to you. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Well, I'm already, I've like, I felt like I've been talking to someone I've known for years. <laughs> I know. Likewise, honestly, Patina, this is, I'm like, I'm going to be smiling all day. And and I know listeners who are, who are enjoying and, and listening likely will be feeling the same way because you've just done such a great job unpacking all the different entities. I feel like we've gotten to know you and your brand so much better. So it's just been so fun. And, and it's been cool too, to hear your different steps along the way. And also your ability to really connect. I mean, 
gain from connecting with new team members to growing your team to connecting to stores. And it's just a theme. It's a theme in your life and, and within your business. So I'm really curious to ask you, who do you know that should maybe come on and share their story? You know, I have a, I'm, I'm very blessed on this journey that mm. it has connected me to some amazing women that I otherwise would have never met. Um, right. So I'm thankful for that. But a few that come to mind is Basayo. Um, she's a New York-based designer. Um, she is is growing rapidly um, now, and you can find her in several major luxury retailers. Um, wow. I have a, a woman um, that I'm friends with here in Atlanta. Um, her name is Charlotte Galetka, and she is a founder of Silver Penny Financial, and she's a woman that's like killing it in the financial advisory wealth management space. Cool. Um, where where we're very underrepresented as women. Mm-hmm. Um, a woman, Sarah Nell Walsh, she was an attorney and now coaches um, CEOs and entrepreneurs. Um, and one of my one of my clients, Tequila Smith, she's a, a chief sustainability officer and has worked her way up the corporate ladder. But one of the things that's so amazing about her is that she is a hundred percent authentic um, and just this like beautiful, like radiant ball of energy that I think Mm. everyone should have the pleasure of coming in contact with. (laughs) Love it. Love it. Uh, I cannot wait to look up all those ladies and you all will have to stay tuned for a potential episode with them. Patina, thank you for such awesome recommendations. And I know too, many listeners are likely already following you. Perhaps they're over on your website, checking out your designs, but where can listeners connect with you? You can find Chloe Kristen at www.chloekristen.com and on Instagram as Chloe Kristen. And that's C-H-L-O-E-K-R-I-S-T-Y-N. And you can find me on Instagram at Bettina Kristen Benson, and that's B-E-T-T-I-N-A-K-R-I-S-T-Y-N-B-E-N-S-O-N. Woohoo! And I'm so glad you spelled. Ladies, do go and check out Bettina. Check out all that she's doing with Chloe Kristen. Bettina, this has been so much fun. Thank you for joining me today. Thank you for having me. It was a pleasure. Thank you so much. We will. Thank you all for listening to today's Friday episode of HSDT, brought to you by Maisie Clark. I am Emily Landers. You can follow me on Instagram at Emily Landers and the podcast at How'd She Do That Podcast. We hope you'll join us next week for a new episode. We will talk to you soon.